Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. Welcome back. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm a little exercised this morning because yes. I actually think that prayer is, uh, is real. I think God is real. I have a relationship with him restored in Jesus Christ. And it makes me slightly crazy to imagine that people who are supposedly preparing for gospel ministry who are uh, who are being provided a, a, a seminary education um, are engaged in such nonsense as to gather together in something called chapel and confess to plants. So I, you're going to have to I, I, you're going to have to take over because I, I don't even quite know what to say. And, and the problem is, is that if you were to go to talk to them, they would seem rational. And they would say, oh, we really weren't praying to plants. We were just honoring oh, no, plants, no, no, no. and that's what no, God no, gave no, us no. and all the rest the picture, of it. The pictures make it perfectly clear. Oh, no, I no. haven't they're, seen the pictures. It's, it's worship, dude. It's, Is it? It's, it, it? Yeah. It's, it's sitting in a, uh, in a yoga, uh, yoga style position with the, with, with the hands turned up and uh, eyes closed, and it's worship. Dude. It's, it's absolute. It's, uh, it, there's an altar. It, it's worship. Okay. I know. So, I'm gonna, but I, you know what? But this this highlights the importance of supporting schools that are true to God's word and true to the inerrancy and the infallibility of Scripture, to the divinity of Christ, to the incarnation of Christ, and to those core truths that the Scriptures teach. You get away from those things, and you are not going to have Christianity anymore. You'll have a form of it. You'll have mm -hmm. flavors of it, maybe, right? But you are not going to have Christianity. You're just not. not. I, this is clearly not Christianity. Okay. Yeah. So, First Samuel twenty-one. Yes, ma'am. Um, could you just take us there? Yeah, I can. This is right Thank after. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. This is right after uh, uh, Jonathan and and David have parted ways. I think for the last time. I remember in 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 the previous uh, story, David was to, supposed to show up at a, at a supper or at, at, an, at an event, a celebration. He doesn't. Saul gets mad, tries to kill Jonathan. Jonathan now understands that Saul really does want to kill David. So Jonathan and David meet in a the field. They they hug. Uh, the Bible says they kiss. They they cry because they know they're not going to see each other anymore. And David is now really fully a man on the run. He is really now trying to get away from Saul, and it, it's it, it's uh, it's a difficult situation. So he goes to Nob, and. Um, and uh, he uh, and 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 Ahimelech is the priest there, and Ahimelech trembles when he sees him. And I'm not I've never understood quite why Ahimelech trembles when he sees him there. But he but Ahimelech asks, "Are you alone? Is there a man with you? Are you going to kill me? What's going on?" And David lies to him, and he says, "The king sent me on a mission." And he says, no one's to know anything about this mission. And as for my men, I've told them to stay away. So what do you have on hand? David's desperate here. He's hungry. He needs to defend himself. And out of the story, he gets uh, bread off the table of the showbread. And he also gets, uh, <laughs> ironically, Goliath's sword. And so the the part of the leadership piece on this that I focused on in my article was the fact that David lied to Ahimelech rather than trusting God. So hopefully that kind of gets us up up to where we're at uh, in uh, the first part of 1 Samuel 21. All right. So just to recall some background here so people can remember where we are, Saul is the king of Israel. Um, David uh, is, at this point, his son-in-law, um, also uh, anointed <clears throat> to be king. Jonathan, uh, Saul's son, recognizes 
David for who he is, recognizes the call of God on David's life, has committed uh, really everything to to David uh, becoming king. We've got David fleeing from Saul with Jonathan's support. Um, and and then we've got uh, Samuel, the, the country's high priest, um, who's probably just as powerful as the king. Yes. Um, so this is all this is all in the mix here. Would that be fair to say? Like all of this is in the mix here. David is a a man of war um, and very, very good at um, at that. So that might explain the fear of, of seeing him rush in um, all by himself. Um, so so talk about um, well, when we come back, you got we got to take a break because I used up part of our time um, ranting, I, which I for which I apologize. But when we come back, let's talk about um, let's talk about the things that that David did and then let's talk about what it looks like um, as a leader to not go it alone and to align, really align ourselves with with who God is and what he has, uh, you know, what he has for us in himself if we would walk with him. So that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. I am talking with Bill English. We are uh, tilling the soil of leadership lessons we can learn from the life of David. We'll be right back. Continuing my conversation with Bill English, uh, you can check out what we're talking about at BibleandBusiness.com. We are in the midst of an ongoing conversation about the leadership lessons we can learn from the life of David. We have arrived this week at 1 Samuel 21, right? I have to turn back a page. 1 yes, Samuel ma'am. 21. Um, and um, uh, David has lied. I want to talk about I want to talk about that. I want to talk about, you know, our calling to be people of truth. And I want to talk about the danger not only of lying to others, but getting to the place where we've lied to ourselves and and we're just really living in a place of deceit. Yeah, there's a lot of leadership today, uh, as you know, Carmen, that that uh, lives in lies. And we see it all the time in politics. We see it on both sides of the aisle. And we see uh, leaders trying to lie their way to ingratiate themselves with other people. It just seems to me that Christian leadership, leadership bathed in Christianity, is not a leadership that lies. And yet David goes in and he, I think he reverts to himself here, his own his own method, so to so to speak, with Ahimelech, and he lies to the guy and says, "Look, I'm really I'm really working for the king here, so don't don't worry." He doesn't say to him, "Look, the king wants to kill me, and I'm on the run, and boy, can you help me out? And would you pray with me? And and would you help me seek God's face on what I should do next?" No, he doesn't do that. He goes within himself, uh, taps his own power, and lies. And to my way of thinking, he kind of gives up. He forfeits some of the some of the leadership power that God has put into him. Like you rightly said earlier, David is anointed by God to be king. And he is described later as a man after God's own heart. And yet we see him stumbling here by not living in truth. So let's um let's maybe pivot. Um this going it alone, I think that we I don't know about you. I have a tendency if I'm if I'm separated from the people of God, if I have turned away from what I know is absolutely, you know, the path of righteous walking with God. Um, it's just not, it's, it's not a far step, um, from small lies to big lies, to total deceit, to walking in utter darkness. And rationalization is a part of that. I think along the way I can, you know, I can rationalize 
hey, I'm, I know I'm going to be sta- going to be safe if in this case I get out of Israel. Um, it's really a lack of trust in who God is and what God has promised that leads David, you know, that first step off course. And then he just runs in in the wrong direction. But once you take that first step, you're, you're on that path to pivot to the other path of righteousness and truthfulness. It, it, sometimes it takes a lot more energy in admitting that you were wrong than it does just to stay on the course of the lie. Yeah, I, you know, the, the, the going it alone, Carmen, sometimes I find my, not sometimes, many times, I'll, I'll confess, I'm going throughout the day and I just forget to pray. Mm. And the reason is because I get so focused on what I'm doing and I get so wrapped up in the problems that I'm trying to solve or, or, the, or the personalities that are involved in these problems uh, that I just forget to pray. It's not an excuse. It's an explanation. Um, and, you know, leaders try not to go it alone, right? I mean, you've been in leadership. You've been in leadership a lot. And you know what it's like when sometimes when you go it alone, you get too far out there and then you really make mistakes and they, and they come back to bite you. And it is not a lot of fun. Had you stayed with the Lord, it, things would have been a lot better. Well, there's no question about that, right? I mean, and right. that is sort of the hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, you know, maybe part of this conversation and every conversation. What um what should have David done? Like if we think about it that way, like um when when we think about him being truthful and faithful and God honoring, are there ways that we can sort of look at what David did and and say to ourselves, Well, what might he have done that would have been faithful and truthful and God-honoring um, and might have, I mean, you know, it's hard for us to look back at history and say what might have happened, but, you know, there might have been a different outcome. Well, I think uh, I think it could have gone to Ahimelech and said, look, I'm on the run. The king wants to kill me. Would you please help me uh, with the Lord to understand what my next step is? And I don't know if Ahimelech would have helped it or not. I, I don't know how political Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know how political the priesthood was at that time versus mm-hmm. how religious it was, right? Right. But one of the things that I that I bake into a culture when I'm running a company is this. The truth is never the problem. I, I say that almost every day. And so when a problem crops up, you, a lot of times my staff will hear me say, well, the truth is never the problem. And for David, walking into Ahimelech, he's hungry. He he does need a sword, by the way. He does need some kind of self-protection. That truth is not the problem. And to admit that to Ahimelech, I think God would have protected him. I really do. I think God may have very well worked in the heart of Ahimelech on the spot uh, to help David forward instead of David having to lie his way through that part. All right. So, um our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ actually makes reference to this this story. Um, I mean, we can get it in several of the Gospels, but I'll read it from Mark chapter 2. One Sabbath, Jesus was going to the grain fields. As they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. So we've got the Sabbath, we've got them walking in the grain fields, and we've got them now plucking the heads of grain. Obviously, the grain was ripe, and they were, it's like sunflower seeds. You pop it in your mouth, you pop the little grain open, you get a little snack. The Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Uh, And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, 
and ate the bread of the presence, which it's not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him? He said to them, so this is now Jesus speaking directly uh, to the Pharisees, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. The, the Lordship of Christ extended over, um, you know, over the rules, mm-hmm. um, you know, as the ruler, uh, I think is instructive here and, and important for us to recognize. Like if I am walking with Christ, if I am under his Lordship, um, my sense of what is right and wrong is going to sometimes come in conflict with what the ruling authorities of my day or my country think is right or wrong. And, and, you know, and so I do think there is a challenge for Christians living in a culture where there are some rules and laws that are contrary to what we know to be God's will. Oh, absolutely. And so what, what do we do? We follow God's will and we, and, and we, we make sure that we're being faithful to the Lord. In the end, while it may cost us in the short run here, in the end, uh, I, I think we'll receive rewards in heaven for having followed the Lord, even if it costs us here on earth. That's exactly right. All right, Bill English, thank you so very much again today. We look forward to talking with you again next week for our next leadership lesson from the life of David. Have a good day. You guys can find more at BibleAndBusiness.com. Hey, Breakpoint is up next. Um, The topic is going to be um, unpacking more of the conversation about suicide related to Jared Wilson. We talked about that some yesterday. If you missed that, go grab the podcast at MyFaithRadio.com.